0: It had been almost three months since I taped The Katie Show when it finally aired. My email, social media, and blog was overrun with questions, well wishes, and appearance requests the day I debuted on national television for the first time. My phone rang off the hook with congratulations from friends and acquaintances, but from my family... Hey, hey, and welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Self-Published. I'm Aziza Kabibi and I would like to humbly thank you for allowing me to caress your eardrums and penetrate your mind. It's not easy being your own boss. I should know. When you have a quote-unquote superior, there are often consequences for slacking and not getting the job done there's someone who holds you accountable. A certain amount of discipline is forced out of you because there is somebody to answer to. But when you are your own boss, the only person to answer to is you. And between being your own worst enemy and your most favorite person, well, if you could conjure an image of what coming and going at the same time looks like, it just may manifest as standing still. The ability to effectively motivate oneself can be as elusive as your shadow on a cloudy day. And then throw in life events and friends and family who may not necessarily support you. Of course, I have some homegrown fresh brewed tea to share on that later in the show. And we haven't even added the haters and competitors onto the list. It very often feels like you have more reasons to not achieve your goals than you have to achieve them. But you know what? It is not impossible. Just stay... And again, you know what? Let's get into this blog post before I start preaching. (laughs) The blog post, September 15, 2013. I have a dream. Have a dream. August 26, 2013 marked the 50th anniversary of the day that Martin Luther King Jr. and 250,000 Americans marched on Washington, D.C. for jobs and freedom. Unfortunately, due to my limited education, I didn't know much about the original event in 1963. I remember my father repeatedly playing a vinyl record of Dr. Martin Luther King's speech on Lincoln Memorial when I was little. But at the time, the significance wasn't explained to me. So, prompted by a trip already planned by a friend, I decided to join him and the other anticipated 300,000 people to see what the historic event was about. At 4.30 in the morning... Myself and three others drove almost five hours to Washington, D.C. to participate in the reenactment of a peaceful protest headed by one of America's most influential leaders 50 years ago. My friend brought a painting he created himself titled, I am a man, to make his own statement among a crowd of many. He received a lot of attention. People took pictures, requested interviews, he even gave a live interview to Fox 5 News as I stood and soaked it all in. I tried to imagine the strength Dr. MLK had to conjure, to rally and inspire hundreds of thousands of people in an attempt to cause change in a society where African Americans were severely discriminated against. Was his dream so strong that he ignored all the risks and dangers associated with trying to bring it to a reality? Was he initially alone in his plan to act? If so, What about him personally inspired strength in others to do what he did and speak out for their cause? What about Mr. King made people follow and listen to his ideas enough to get up and out of their homes and put themselves out there? As I pondered these questions, I began to feel alone in my own quest for change. See... My sisters, along with one of my brothers, do not want to be associated with anything that I do to raise awareness for child sexual abuse, if it includes my life with my dad. I posted the link to the interview I did for NJ.com on my personal Facebook timeline, and one of my sisters asked me to take it down. I understand and respect their privacy, but I can't help but feel alone and in some ways abandoned and alienated. And carrying this torch that will shine light on this terrible social deviance. On top of that, their position only reminds me of some of the tactics my father used to put fear and doubt in our minds so that we wouldn't fight back against him. When you are surrounded by people that you love and they are against what you believe to be right, it makes you question yourself. To keep us divided, my father planted seeds of doubt and deceit in everyone's heads, which made us not trust each other. Unfortunately, weeds of his manipulation remain to this day. I've yet to see the long-term effects of me opening up myself to others, but something deep down inside me says it's the right thing to do. So I've taken these gifts God has given me, my writing and storytelling abilities, my vivid memories, an innate ability to listen and empathize, my thirst for knowledge, the discipline my father instilled in me, my desire to help those in need, and my ability to talk about hard issues. And I truly believe I'm fulfilling my purpose. I remember the exact moment I discovered what a lot of us search for in this existence. I was sitting in front of my computer, drifting in and out of thoughts on the present lessons from the past and plans for the future, when a moment of clarity descended upon me. The transformation in my energy from this realization was like the change a reflection undergoes in the mirror after you wipe away the condensation collected from a hot shower you took. Clean and precise. I knew what I was meant to do. It wasn't cooking. It wasn't opening a restaurant or anything dealing with my passion for food. It was and is to publish my book and help other women and children any way that I can. The irony is that I already started writing my book years before for therapeutic reasons. But something about that moment in time, whether it was a guardian angel whispering in my ear or the universe opening up to direct me, That moment fueled what I'm doing here today. That moment that was just a spark continues to fuel the flame of what I'm doing here today. And I reflect on it anytime I need some encouragement. If I had the opportunity to ask him one question, I'd ask Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. What kept him motivated and how did he handle the naysayers? Without coming across bombastic... Maybe he had a moment of clarity, just like me. Food for thought. Here are some interesting facts about Dr. MLK's March on Washington in 1963. There was a large military and police presence at the march. The entire DC police force was mobilized along with 500 reserves and 2,500 members of the National Guard. Only two women, Daisy Bates and Josephine Baker, addressed the crowd that day. At 60, Baker told the crowd, I am not a young woman now, friends. My life is behind me. There is not too much fire burning inside me. And before it goes out, I want you to use what is left to light the fire in you. Bates, the architect of the Little Rock School Integration and president of the Arkansas NAACP said, All the women pledge that we will join hands with you. We will sit in and we will kneel in and we will lie in if necessary until every Negro in America can vote. CBS, NBC, and ABC broadcasted live coverage of the program in its entirety. 1,600 press passes were issued for the march. Extensive coverage helped the march become one of the most widely reported on events of its day. The official name of the now-famous march was the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. Scholar, activist, and founder of the NAACP W.E.B. Du Bois died that morning in Ghana at the age of 95. Organizers recruited and trained nearly 2,000 parade marshals, mostly Black police officers who belonged to the Guardians Association, a fraternal organization of Black police. Anonymous, October 21st, 2013 at 2.57 p.m. It's understandable that your family may not be comfortable yet with disclosing their past trauma publicly. Perhaps in time they will come to feel differently, and perhaps not. Unfortunately, there is still a lot of ignorance out there surrounding sexual abuse and incest, not to mention the good old everyday issues we face as women, minorities, of a certain socioeconomic class, etc. This often creates and sustains a vicious cycle of shame, isolation, and fear, which continues to further victimize the victims. That is why your voice, Aziza, is so very important Everyone deals and heals differently. You and your family has survived something almost inconceivably difficult to many. That being said, please don't second guess yourself and your choices over those of others. You are an amazing and inspiring person, Aziza, and your courage in being so open surely has touched and will touch many. I will never know exactly what it's like to overcome what you have but I have been close with more than a few women who experienced things very similar to you. Each of them are amazing people, good friends, beautiful women and mothers. I have tried my hardest to be a supportive friend and let them describe their stories on their own terms and react in a way that makes them feel safe, whether that be just to listen, to help them find counseling or to promise to keep their secrets till the grave. All but one had kept their past secret from even their own family for decades on end. The relief of even a single friend wiping their tears and loving and supporting them, letting them know they are not alone has been remarkable to me, and I feel blessed to have had each of them in my life. I know for a fact that knowing there are other people out there who understand is a huge thing for many people who suffer alone, And for that alone, you are given an incredible gift to so many sharing your story. Keep following your dreams and your heart, Aziza. I'll be looking out for your name in the New York Times bestsellers list. I have a feeling the universe has some pretty great things in store. Best wishes, SLH in Oklahoma. My reply, October 22, 2013 at 10.45 p.m. If you only knew how much your comment means to me, SLH in Oklahoma, I take your words as yet another form of confirmation that I am doing the right thing. I am sympathetic to my family's position, and I do everything I can to respect their wishes. It's just challenging at times to walk the road, seemingly, alone. With that being said, I am so grateful for your encouragement and your acknowledgement. I will continue to do the best that I can to encourage, inspire, and help as many people as possible. You are definitely a blessing to me, and your comment couldn't have come at a better time. Thank you. Bar. Remember in episode 4, I spoke about book cover design? I hired and paid my graphic designer sister to create three front cover options the book spine and the back cover for Unashamed Alive Tainted, using the photos I commissioned from a photographer friend. I also planned to hire her to do the text layout for the interior once my manuscript was edited. But there was a delay in the editing because my editor was missing in action? I'll have to save that story for its own episode, but trust, it was as dramatic as the rest of my life. Before I appeared on The Katie Show, my sisters were in full support of me publishing my memoir. I called a family meeting to gauge their comfort levels of my laying my life bare for all to see. Though they never requested to read the manuscript, they were all systems go on the condition that I don't use their real names in the final edit. In my mind, that was automatic. They even picked out their own aliases, and I went about finding and replacing their real names in my document with the titles they settled on in our family meeting. Things were moving right along according to plan until... It had been almost three months since I typed The Katie Show when it finally aired. My email, social media, and blog was overrun with questions, well wishes, and appearance requests the day I debuted on national television for the first time. My phone rang off the hook with congratulations from friends and acquaintances, but from my family... There was little more than whispers of judgment and criticism spread on the leaves of the familial grapevine. The submittal date of the finished artwork for my book came and went, and I hadn't heard from my sister. I emailed, I called, and I emailed and I called. No answer or response for days. I inquired and I inquired some more, and just before I got in my car to knock on her door, I called one more time hello finally I was relieved but oh so confused hey I said oh hey Z she replied nonchalantly way too flippant for my taste um I haven't heard from you what's going on how far are you along with the back cover oh yeah about that I'm not gonna finish it Z I've decided that I no longer want to be a part of the project. Sorry. My heart sank. Now things seem to be falling apart. My editor missed her deadline and was nowhere to be found. I was already kicking myself for not having my book complete before The Katie Show aired. And now my graphic designer was skipping out on me? Once I pulled myself out of the left field spiral my mind was heading towards, I asked my sister why. She said she was getting quote-unquote heat and pressure from my other sisters about being involved in publishing my book and no longer felt it was the right thing to do. All I could say was okay and hang up. The news took me for such a loop. It wasn't until a month later that I even thought about the fact that I paid her in full for a job that she didn't even complete. Just a quick reminder, if you want to learn more about anything I share here, whether it be resources, inspiration, how to prepare to testify in court, etc., please follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Everything is Azizah Khabibi. And you can also go to AzizahKhabibi.com to sign up for my newsletter. You'll get plenty of information on my appearances, events, and special offers, as well as resources and words of encouragement right to your inbox. As usual, links are in the show notes. Writing and Publishing Advice The Katy Show pushed me and my story out to the forefront more than I could have ever imagined. Even before it aired, I was able to use the prospect of the opportunity to gain an audience with the feminist press, the writer of an Eddie Murphy film, and an executive from MTV. Though these run-ins didn't pan out to a contract or anything... I received a lot of information and feedback that was very useful in the development of my brand, which brings me to this point. As close to my heart, mental, and spirit my mission is, I cannot deny the business aspect of my delicate situation. I often found myself at a crossroads between personal and professional And the challenge with my sister was one such crossroad that didn't even have street names to refer to. The business of business and the business of being your own boss consists of primarily making decisions, living with those decisions, having backup plans if you make the wrong decision, and most importantly, learning from those decisions. My entire journey publishing my book has been a huge lesson, the ups and the downs. I had to make a decision after my sister told me she wasn't going to finish my book cover and I had to make it fast. After I realized that I wasn't getting the work I paid her for, I decided that it would cost me more in time and energy to try and get any of my money back than the value of the cash itself. So I let it go. Refusing to waste any more time, I got to yapping to everybody I knew in media. Nothing panned out from the people that I already knew. But in answering many of my messages from complete strangers after being on The Katie Show, I came across quite a few people who were also in media. One of them happened to work with my, get this, father and my brother as an intern and was willing to support my work any way he could. When I shared with him my dilemma with the book cover, he recommended a website called Fiverr. Fiverr is a platform of independent contractors who do everything from web design to book translations to voiceovers. The premise is that all gigs start at five bucks, and it was my saving grace. After posing questions to a few graphic designers on Fiverr, I settled on one who designed my back book cover two other options for the front cover and the spine of the book for a fraction of a fraction of the cost I paid my sister. And they provided me the same quality of work with much better service and a turnaround time of four days. Four days! Fiverr is just definitely one of those resources that I tell everyone I know about. I cannot stress enough the importance of opening your mouth about your project to others. And honestly, people in passing or those you've only recently met can often give some of the best advice because they aren't emotionally invested. That's not to say those around you who care about you have little to offer. But you must make the decision to deal with the drama that may come with hiring a family member or your best friend. Just listen to your gut and meditate on some of those difficult decisions. Though it may take some time, and honestly, many, many attempts and mistakes, you can and will make your dreams a reality no matter what anyone says. Hey, hey, you! Thank you so much for listening. I hope you are able to derive something from this episode. As usual, feel free to shoot me a note with any questions, and I'll do my best to respond. And I'd really appreciate your feedback and ratings on this and all of my episodes. I'm a work in progress, taking in all I can to progress. Thanks in advance. Until next time. Be blessed for you are a blessing.